they're testing for what are called SNPs, which is like a spelling mistake in a gene. So there's 22,000 genes in your body. They're thousands of letters long each, and there may be a T instead of a C somewhere in those thousands of letters. Now, all of a sudden that gene doesn't function to its full capacity, or maybe it overdoes it. Could be one way or the other. That's good when it comes to looking for things like genetic conditions. You know, that this gene is broken. When it comes to chronic disease, no single gene causes it. It's multi-system, multi-fit, plus the epigenetic choices. So we have to also look for what's called an insertion or deletion, which means a whole paragraph is missing, forgetting about one letter. And now this gene, when if that, if that letter is so impactful that they sell it to pharma, imagine if a whole paragraph is missing, or there's an extra paragraph. Welcome to This Functional Life, a show for women just like you, who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, purpose. We're going to deconstruct norms, uncover your deepest desires, harness your physical and mental health, and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what you want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking complex science and making it easy to understand and integrate into daily life. Join the journey to make this chapter the best ever. Let's get thriving. Almost 25 years ago, we set out to map the human genome. And while that held extraordinary promise, much confusion has come from the mapping of the human genome and what to do with all of that data. We have over 22,000 genes, and those genes work together in concert, in pathways, to do everything from determining your hair color and your eye color, to how tall you are, the type of exercise your body best works with, even how your body metabolizes macros, makes its brain chemistry, and even detoxifies things from your environment and your own body. And truly, DNA holds the promise to give you the blueprint of how your body is really designed to operate. However, there are huge gaps in the DNA testing world, and there's a lot of caveats to getting your DNA tested today. My next guest is Kashif Khan. He's a serial entrepreneur and investor who's built, run, and scaled businesses across a range of industries. He's the co-founder and chief executive officer of the DNA Company. And the DNA Company is an innovative provider of functional genomics solutions for personalized preventative health and wellness. And Kashif really, really came to this world of DNA and testing, going through his own experience we talked about today. And he also found that there's a lot of errors and a lot of misinformation out there in the DNA world. And the DNA company actually is one of the few companies that created their DNA test and actually did clinical trials with over 7,000 people to create the re recommendations and to really be able to harness the human DNA, not only to uncover what may make you unique in the hundred or so genes that we can nutritionally manipulate through diet and lifestyle and supplementation, but to create a map and a pathway in which to answer those very important goals to help your body operate better. So Kashif is also the co-founder and CEO of Utrients, a company providing personalized supplements based on your unique DNA analysis. And I have become a fast friend of Kashif Khan, and I am truly looking forward to our conversation today. So everybody give him a warm welcome on This Functional Life. Oh my gosh, Kashif, I have been waiting for this conversation because as you very well know, I love talking about genomics. And as a little sidebar, everybody, I met Kashif a couple of weeks ago 
after meeting online at a conference and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to you. This is groundbreaking. So I'm so excited about the conversation we're going to have today on this functional life. So Kashif, all of my listeners usually get to hear that in the functional medicine community, and I would say people that are pioneering changes in medicine, fortunately or unfortunately, we all have a story. So I'd love (laughs) to hear your story. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why the industry exists because typically the story is I got failed by conventional medicine, uh, which is, was my story. And that drove me to find my own path. And uh, you hear that from so many functional medicine doctors, people that truly heal because healing was a thing they were seeking and they just couldn't find it. So they had to figure it out. You know, and there's a little bit of Dr. Google, there's a little bit of research. And then all of a sudden you find that there's a whole other world out there. And that's what happened to me is I'm 42 now. So when I was in my sort of late 30s, I ran a PR and marketing company. Uh, we're, I'm based in Toronto, by the way. And out here, we, you know, from the largest companies, Canada, right down to mom and pop shop, we helped them grow. And we were really good at it. And I got really sick. So all of a sudden, I had eczema to the point where I couldn't open one of my eyes. Okay. I had psoriasis to the point where when I would clasp my hand, my knuckles would bleed. Uh, the worst part was probably migraines. My business partner used to have to drive me home just... It was horrible, vomiting. The only thing I could do, I had two options, vomit or sleep. Otherwise, it was intense pain. But those two things would help. And then, you know, acid reflux issues and another whole other layer of issues through depression. It all kind of happened at the same time. And as I was going through this journey of a doctor for this, a pill for this, a scan for this, nobody was answering my questions of why. And this was the first time I had ever been sick. Right. So I, I didn't go to the doctor. If there's something happening... And I'm taking a pill to numb the pain. The thing is still happening. And I don't know. And I've always thought that way since I was a child. So then I asked these doctors these questions, but why? But why? But why? And there was no why. There was only, you've got the pill, leave my office. So I started to find the why myself. And what I found was that in my genome, and I, I discovered this, you know, skip a few months after failing in different areas that maybe there's something going on genetically, that I was literally missing key genes. Forget about SNPs and variants and things that you heard. If your DNA is your human instruction manual, I literally had pages torn out. I didn't even have them. So now I go back to the context of when I was at work, I used to get crazy migraines and eczema and psoriasis. My business partner would have to drive me home. The pages that I was missing was instructing key detox function. So glutathionization, binding onto toxins, sending it to the liver to metabolize and getting rid of it. We all do this from as simple as drinking alcohol to, you know, mold and chemicals and everything else. And I thought, okay, well, if that's the problem, why was my business partner fine? I was told by some functional medicine practitioners that because you're in a building that has manufacturing in it, there's chemicals in the air and you're getting sick. But he wasn't getting sick. So I went into genetics and I learned again that the key things that I was missing, he had an extra copy of. Forget even the default, here's the gene. He literally had a duplicate copy, which is why he was able to drive me home as if the thing never happened. That was the beginning of me taking the keys to our PR company and handing it to our business partner and saying, it's yours. Thank you for your time. I found what I need to work on and I never look back. It's it's amazing because I hear it all the time. You'll have a a family, let's say they're living in a home with mold. They're working in a building that's got a bunch of toxins in it. And one person's completely falling apart and the other person's like, I have no earthly idea what, yeah. what's going on with you. And, and to some degree, people feel like they're getting gaslighted. You know, yeah. they're like, okay, I, I must be going crazy because, because I'm falling apart and everybody else around me happens to be fine. But it really is, we are an N of one. 
And without mm-hmm. really understanding how we're wired, we can't really always move forward and get better. We might be able to get to, you know, a kind of somewhat level playing field by sort of guessing our way through it, but we're never going to get to optimal. That's exactly it. Now, what happens when you're in that scenario? This is why these things get called conditions. You have it, they don't. Not that they were wired to cope with the environment, nutrition, or lifestyle insult. It's like having a a certain type of vehicle versus another type of vehicle, an, an SUV versus a race car. They're not, they're both cars. But they're not designed to do the same thing. And, and if you flip their utility and do the wrong thing with them, they don't work that well. We're, we are all people. We're not all wired the same. In fact, drastically different. But the good news is it's not an infinite number of different people where we all have to try and find unique solutions only for us. Right? There's profiles that we fit in where all of a sudden you can start to find things that work and you'll understand the trends of what you need. And it applies to aging, to disease, to mood and behavior, to bone health, all the stuff you're worried about anyway. Once you get to the root, here's my system failures, here's the things that I'm missing that I don't do well, and you start to resolve them, everything gets better. You know, when you, when you remove the inflammation and the cells are flourishing, everything gets better, including your mood, including your weight. You know, and we can dive into any one of those, but it's kind of like finding that central hub and then getting rid of all the spokes. So you went through all of that pain and suffering, all of, you know, all of your own sort of trials and tribulations and found some of the answers in your genetics. So did you actively go out and pursue really, hey, I need to, we need to bring better science and bring better thought to this process. How did you end up, because you changed careers, you know, and changed changed trajectory quite a bit. Tell us about that. So first of all, I found some scientists that were doing good work. Meaning, if people think about genetics, you know, the number one thing we hear, oh, you do DNA testing? Well, I don't want to know if I have Alzheimer's coming. That's literally the number one thing. Why? Because you feel... Like, why do I want to spend the next 30 years in you know, anxiety? I'd rather just live my life. And if it happens, it happens. And I understand that type of thinking. That type of thinking, however, comes from there's nothing I can do about it, right? Which is what we believe genetics is. We're misinformed that this gene profile tells us that you have an 80% propensity towards Alzheimer's or dementia. We're also saying that 20% of people with the exact same profile didn't get it. So this thing that is so personalized and certain all of a sudden is very probability-based and uncertain. And so what's the difference? The difference is the environment, nutrition, and lifestyle habits of the 80 versus the 20. So what blew me away, and to answer your question about the work that was done, is I realized that the entire industry thought this. They only thought about the sick. They thought about the 80%. Whether you're in medicine or whether you're a geneticist in a lab, they're all trying to solve the problem as opposed to prevent the problem. We've accessed our genome and spent billions of dollars trying to understand what it means, only to use it to wait for us to get sick to treat us better, as opposed to digging deeper and taking biochemistry, which we already understand. We, we understand biology and how the body works, and pairing that with DNA, right? Here's, we know, understand genes. This gene means this, this gene means this, this gene means this, but guess what? The body doesn't work like that. It's not a bunch of independent functions. You have a hormone system, you have a cardiovascular system, you have neurochemicals in your brain, we know what they all do and how they do it. We needed to take the DNA to figure out the instruction for each step. So it's not a gene, it's a pathway, it's a system. Once I saw that was possible, and literally we paid for this research out of pocket because it didn't exist, we then brought in environment, nutrition, lifestyle, habits of the healthy, and we started to see disease getting reversed. We started to take people off of cholesterol pills 
and we started to take women that didn't understand why they had breast cancer directly to the why as opposed to the what, the cancer itself. We started to reverse diabetes. We understood that all these chronic conditions that people were suffering from, that they weren't born with, you're not born with diabetes and breast cancer, it's not a genetic condition. They were all the result of misalignment of choices versus genetic capacity. And once you start doing the right thing, which is not the same for everybody, what's the right for you, you can not only prevent, but you can actually reverse disease. And that was the research we did. And it just took a different path that didn't exist. And so we took what we call genetics into what is now called functional genomics, just like medicine versus functional medicine. It's not about the what, it's the why. Why does it happen that allows us to prevent now? Absolutely. You know, I like to describe genetics as kind of a foundation. Like if you're building a foundation of a house, it tells you how wide, how deep. might tell you like in Texas, we build mostly concrete foundations where the plumbing comes up. But it doesn't tell you anything about the design. Is it colonial? Is it shaker? Modern? Were you built to do a one-story ranch and you put a three-story condo complex with a pool on top and you're wondering why (laughs) you can't make it? Like you feel like crap because you weren't designed that way. So now you have all of the patterns in which to put your design technique on top. Right. To modify it. And I want to applaud you because, and we're going to get into this, but you know, so many people, there's so many companies out there doing nutrigenomics and genomics and genetics and uh, interchanging those words, maybe inappropriately, but nobody had really done the research, taken people that have this genomic pathway and looked at modifications to go, ah, if we do these modifications, we get to the end and we get actual improvement, which is huge. Yeah. And I think that required somebody coming from outside the industry because if you ask why well that's not the way we do things that's not evidence-based medicine that's not how trials are run trials are run in a petri dish right so what i saw from my own personal experience is if you're if the geneticists aren't meeting the patients there's a giant gap in the middle which is why we were stuck in you got an 80 percent chance alzheimer's because we're only looking at the data right we're never looking at the patient so we literally launched and ran the largest study of its kind in the world, which for three years, we studied 7,000 people, one by one by one by one by one, all N of one. And that was what was needed. And, you know, the scientists that we were working with said that you don't know what you're doing. I said, that's fine. You know, I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm not trying to achieve your goal. We have a different goal than mine here, which is we, we think we can actually find out the secrets of the healthy and teach them to the sick. And we're not trying to mask illness. We're trying to prevent it from happening altogether. And so that research is really key. So we found things, for example, the area that I think needs the most support in traditional or I should say modern healthcare is female hormone health. It's absolutely a disaster. A disaster because it's taken for granted that this is supposed to happen. All these problems, bad menstrual cycle, fibromyalgia, horrible menopause, that's just a part of life, right? That's what we're told. Well, I shouldn't say we, I'm not part of who's been told that, but I I hear it and I see it. What we understood genetically is, first of all, and the first research we did was with female hormone conditions, mostly around breast cancer. We started off thinking, well, there's going to be like an infinite number of genetic profiles. So how are we going to ever help people on scale? Unless we're hands-on coaching each person, how do you get this to every woman who has to find herself in the needle in the haystack of genetic profiles? What we unintentionally landed on is this hormonal cascade of, I take progesterone, convert it to testosterone, convert it to estrogen, then a metabolite, and then I clear it. Women fit in one of six profiles every time. There may be a random anomaly here and there, but for the sort of, I don't know, say 
if you take 7,000, half of that is 3,000 approximate women, 3,500 women that were in our research, they always fit into one of six profiles. So now all of a sudden, if you look at this, it makes perfect sense in terms of the medical experience. Why? The middle two don't need anything. They're optimal. Hormones are balanced. Toxicity is balanced. Clearance is balanced. The outside two have either an estrogen dominance or an androgen dominance, testosterone, and some level of toxicity. The outermost of the two just has more than the inner, which if you look at medicine is exactly the same. I am a woman. I have a problem. I go to the doctor. Three out of 10 women have an amazing experience. This helped me. Great. Perfect. Two or three out of those 10 women are like, it kind of worked, but it was like, I need more. Three or four out of those women are like, this is horrible and I actually feel worse because one size fits all, right? One solution for 10 different women of which the three in the middle were actually matched to that solution. On the two bookends, they're completely wired different. And that's what we learned. So now we know there's one of six. So now all of a sudden, the research allows us to make two or three different products because the middle two don't need anything anyway, right? And then everyone's optimal. You know, I've been doing genetics since they were commercially available. You know, I'm an early right. adopter. So I, I even had my whole genome so, sequenced. And, you know, so literally every single gene was identified. And they come yeah, back yeah. like, here you go. I already knew I didn't have any risk for genetic disease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for my really expensive genome. You know, so I've been in this for a long time. But what I found painful is I would get these reports back. Even the most well-intentioned lab, you know, and they come back and like, you have this one, do this. You have this one, don't do that. Yeah. And so I was going through it and doing additional testing. And I still do these additional testings like organic acid to try and see what the expression of that gene is, the epigenetic expression. But, you know, it would take hours of my time to try and get to what profile do I think you fit in? And I, of course, didn't have the level of sophistication to figure it out. But I, I knew I was looking for these kind of generalized patterns and how painful that is as a practitioner because it's not... It's not something you can scale and leverage very easily without like clear data. So having that clear data is really important. So what I'd like for you to do is explain what's different about the DNA company, how you test compared to what's commercially available, because I think people don't have any idea what's really happening with DNA testing and, yeah. and what, what, what the truth of the matter is. So first of all, there's the technical, and then there's a the more sort of practical or what do you experience? So the technical is in order to be as actionable as we are, which I'm going to talk about, we have to test for more. So remember, most genetic testing companies are data selling companies. The customer buying the test isn't the customer. The customer buying the data on the back end is paying literally 15 times. You know, if the average DNA test is $300, they're paying around $5,000 per data set to buy your DNA. That's the business model. And it's it's known. It's, it's not a hidden fact, right? So the front end test isn't designed to give you the best outcomes, designed to collect the data that Glaxo or whoever wants. And so they're testing for what are called SNPs, which is like a spelling mistake in a gene. So there's 22,000 genes in your body. They're thousands of letters long each. And there may be a T instead of a C somewhere in those thousands of letters. Now, all of a sudden, that gene doesn't function to its full capacity, or maybe it overdoes it. Could be one way or the other, right? That's good when it comes to looking for things like genetic conditions, you know, that this gene is broken. When it comes to chronic disease, no single gene causes it. It's multi-system, multi-fit, plus the epigenetic choices. So we have to also look for what's called an insertion or deletion, which means a whole paragraph is missing, forgetting about one letter. And now this gene, when if that, if that letter is so impactful that they sell it to pharma, imagine if a whole paragraph is missing, or there's an extra paragraph. 
Then there's something called a copy number variation, which is what I had. I don't even have the gene. Forget about what version or what SNP or what. I don't even have it. There's a page literally missing. Imagine trying to read a book and the difference in impact between a spelling mistake versus a paragraph is missing versus you don't even have a page of the book or two or three pages, in fact. Right. So that was what I experienced in sort of the technical side and needed to be done. It wasn't done because it was expensive. You're running three different tests. So now all of a sudden, when you're reading this book, imagine the impact of I have a spelling mistake. I can still understand the sentence. There's a paragraph missing. I kind of get what's being said, but I miss some important details versus there's a couple pages missing. And the impact of trying to understand what the author is telling me, that's your human body trying to read this instruction manual. And imagine the chaos that can be caused. This, and we're just talking about one gene. What if there's four, five, six, seven, there's 22,000 genes in your body? This can happen all over the place. So we test for more. Second thing is there's pathway interpretation versus gene by gene interpretation. A lot of people listening here have probably already done a DNA test. And just like yourself, you get a list of DNA. Here's this gene. Here, here's what this gene does. Here's what this gene does. Here's what this gene does. There's very few functions in your body that work that way. They're all systems and pathways. The simple example, if I'm going to talk to you about depression, I'm not going to tell you you have a depression gene. I have to understand what are the chemicals that drive it. It's dopamine, you know, pleasure or reward. And then there's a metabolizing gene. How long do I experience it for? And then there's a clearance enzyme. You know, to what, what's the duration, right? So to what degree, you know, how long does it take to go away and how long does it take to be cleared out? Huge variability between those three genes and the outcome. So the pathway interpretation that mirrors biochemistry takes us from that probability to certainty. And then the third thing is recommendations. When you get a DNA test, it's kind of like 80% chance of something. Good luck. Talk to your doctor. And the doctor has no clue how to implement this information. Right? They'll say, once you get Alzheimer's, call me and I'll find you a pill. That's kind of the solution. Versus, if you have this suboptimal genetic profile, here's what we learned from the 20% and the thousands of people that we studied that will help you prevent this condition. Here's what we learned from the thousands of people in terms of supplementation, what actually worked for the genetic expression. Here's what they did for diet. Here's what they did for exercise. Here's why you can't run on a treadmill. Here's why you running on a treadmill will actually cause you cardiovascular disease. And when will your doctor ever tell you that? It's, that's true for probably 25% of people. It's not a 2% problem, right? So th that's where we take things and make it from this sort of science data mining to like actionable information. To me, that's so very, very vital because I do, I get so many people come in and they'll literally have sheets and sheets and papers and papers because a lot of companies think if I just report more SNPs, yeah, and what yeah. they do, take B12, take adenosyl B12, take hydroxy B12, take yeah, methyl yeah. B12. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, how am I supposed to figure that out? But just by reporting more content on data, it becomes less actionable. Yeah, so having yeah. that pathway and having it clearly sort of marked, you know, here's where you're headed, here's where your risk profile is, and here's the optimal things that you can do. So tell us a little bit about where your major areas of your research showed, like where can they, we apply genomics and actually yeah. real significant improvements? Because these are big, these are big things that people deal with every day that lead to morbidity and chromobidities and, and death and just poor life. There's what we provide in the report, but that's not the limitation of what we know. So you name a chronic condition, you know, those, all the gray area health concerns, things like autism, fibromyalgia, infertility, all the stuff where you're kind of stuck trying to figure it out and it could take years to months we deal with all of it 
the report, what we provide is kind of human optimization. Here's how you add 10 healthy years to your life. Not just time, but quality time. And these were the things after studying 7,000 people that we realized everybody needed to know. What are those things? Diet and nutrition. What do you eat? And not just macro and micronutrients like, should I be on a keto diet? Should I be a vegan? Well, your genes will tell you yes or no. Why so many people, the day they became vegan is when they stopped feeling well and they don't add the two together, right? And for some people, it's great. Go ahead and do it. You're actually designed for it. For a lot of people, no. It's also the mood and behavior of diet nutrition. How do you actually perceive satiety and you know are you an addict a binger do you lean on food as a coping mechanism do you graze at the entry door you don't even know you're doing it so diet nutrition is a big one then sleep and sleep isn't i can't sleep at night it's i can't fall asleep i can't stay asleep or i sleep through the night and i still wake up feeling like garbage right those are genetically three very different problems and we've understood them at the root cause to teach you how to resolve them then there's uh mood and behavior the brain if I have your DNA and I've never met you, I can explain your personality to a T. Are you irritable? Do you procrastinate? Are you reward-seeking and entrepreneurial? Are you more risk-adverse? You know, are you like a drama queen? This is all wired by the neurochemicals of your brain. Neurochemicals are driven by your genes. So we can map that all out and tell you everything about yourself, which creates a lot of awareness and helps you fix the other things you're trying to fix. Then there's hormones and body types. So I can't lose these 10 pounds or why is that guy deadlifting and I can't or well, your hormones determine how your body develops, your skin, your hair, your muscles, your fat. If you understand that first, then all of a sudden you can achieve, you can set the right goals. You can also achieve them better because you know what actually to focus on as opposed to I just need to do more deadlifts. Maybe you don't, maybe you need to do something else. Then there's uh, cellular health. So we all agree that disease is rooted in inflammation. What we don't ask because we didn't have the tools is what is the inflammation rooted in? Why do I get inflamed and why here and here and not somewhere else? Well, we understand key detox pathways, key methylation or anti-inflammatory pathways and antioxidation pathways. When you put yourself under oxidative stress, that's the person for whom, you know, there's a gene called SOD2, which determines how well you clear oxidation from the cell. Uh, every time you breathe, you're taking in oxygen and creating oxidants, which are poison, toxic. And some people do that well, some don't. So if you don't, and you decide to start running marathons as a career, you're going to run yourself to the grave very quickly. And the last area, uh, what did we miss? Oh, cardiovascular. So that's the one chronic disease area that we added because it touches so many people and it's so easy to prevent. So cardiovascular includes like, you know, diabetes, hypertension, cholesterolemia, how well do you metabolize statins, everything about heart disease. So if you go through these six, and by the way, within each one of these, there's a lot of micro reports. These are kind of the categories. If you go through these six, you become the sort of most optimal version of yourself. You achieve your optimal health, your, your potential, your full potential, if you actually do everything that you're being asked to do, uh, which takes habit change, meaning that don't expect to flip a switch. If you do that, you'll probably crash and burn. It's more like I'm going to take the next three months to start implementing these habits slowly and make them my new identity. And all of a sudden, nine weeks from now, 12 weeks from now, I'm a different version of myself. And I don't do that. I wouldn't even think of doing the stuff I used to do. That's, that's how you implement habit change, not overnight. So, uh, and by the way, the last thing I'll say, since I touched on that, is we realized we did a really good job of understanding what's wrong. Like, how do we use the genome to understand these conditions better? And then we also did a good job. We worked with Dave Asprey. He's one of our investors. So he worked with us, like, how do we fix it? 
we uniquely look at the problems, we also uniquely look at the solution. And those, those recommendations are in the report. But the last layer of how do you actually get people to change their behaviors and their habits and do what we're saying? Because most people don't. That's where we hired Dr. BJ Fogg. So he runs the Stanford University Behavior Change Lab. He wrote the book, Tiny Habits. I mean, his students built Instagram based on his science. And if you think about behavior change, you know, <laughs> uh, I know mine has changed quite a bit. So anyway, so he he wrote all of that in our report. So when you say avoid these habits, do these things, consider this for your lifestyle, making it so intuitive, like you kind of felt like I knew that already. If you get that feeling, that's how we know we made it easy for you. So that's what the reports look like. For most people, actually everybody, this is the underlying piece that gets missed. Just because your lab values come back a certain way, you know, you go to a doctor and they just admonish you, you got to quit doing that. Your lipids are too high, which they don't realize there's a genetic pathway underlying it. And there are lifestyle and diet things that may be occurring or being choices being made. But yeah, yeah. the root cause of it is so radically different by person that it's not that you can't give those sort of blanket statements that's just inappropriate. Like to give an example, I like using myself so people can kind of understand it. I carry the muscle power gene. I carry a gene where I'm a hyper absorber of saturated fat. So the worst thing I want to do is do long distance cardio and do a hardcore kind of dirty keto with a whole bunch right. of bacon and cheese. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> going to get fatter and I will probably have a heart attack from the cardio. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the other thing you mentioned there, which is a perfect example, uh, cholesterolemia right? People getting put on pills. It's Lipitor, I think, is the number one prescribed pill. I, I don't know if that's still correct. Yeah. And then the resolution is, oh, your lipid numbers are high. We need to take this pill to keep them down because this is the root cause of disease. It's not the root cause of disease. It's that you're 15 years late already. The root cause of the cholesterolemia is cardiovascular inflammation. So we can determine genetically what quality of hardware you have. There's some people that can smoke and drink till they're 100 and they'll tell you that that's their health secret my secret is i smoke a pack of cigarettes a day <laughs> right uh, what's really going on is they have much better quality hardware which again we can determine genetically their their arterial walls what's called the endothelial the inner lining of the wall they just have this like stainless steel version driven by genes most people don't most people have the not so good version or the horrible version which means it's much more prone to inflammation Pair that with all the chemicals in your environment, running on a treadmill twice a week or three or four times a week, you know, stress, not sleeping properly. All of a sudden, you're causing inflammatory insult to that lining. That's when your body will actually send cholesterol as a hormone to reduce the inflammation. And the cholesterol builds up and builds up because you're in this vicious cycle of your habits still being wrong, still driving more inflammation. So when your doctor tells you that, cholesterolemia is a root cause of heart disease. First of all, you don't have a heart disease. What you have is one day you get so blocked up that your heart stops ticking. You never had a heart disease to begin with. You had an arterial disease. You had an artery disease, which is rooted in inflammation. So the root cause of the root cause is actually inflammation. If you deal with that, it all goes away. And this is why we've taken so many people off of Lipitor. But we don't ask the question, why is a cholesterolemia happening in the first place? You know, I, I think it is. We, we look at symptoms and we're like, if we just resolve the symptom i.e. a lab value, therefore yeah. we took care of it. And that's not it. A symptom is a sign of an underlying malfunction that needs to be changed and repaired. Yep, and that's, yep. I think, the fundamental problem. And you're right, we're always 15 to 20 years too late. The, the process has already started. But if we have the proactive information, we can make the right choices to make it better. 
I think one of the other things that I think is neat about number one, the fact that you did studies on 7,000 people. So it's not like you're just putting this together, doing some AI and coming up with, here's your plan. You actually have where you've watched people make changes to their genome resolution of symptoms, which is really, really important. But because you were able to put them into a profile and a pathway, your recommendations fit that profile and a pathway. So it's not this random, take this B12, don't take this, take this. It really is going back to the group of genes that affect that expression, whether it's cognitive mood or whatever, and actually manipulates the whole pathway. I think that's vital. Pathways intersect, like you're just sort of alluding to. It's not just, okay, we looked at the cardiovascular pathway. Now, if I tell you, you have to change this, you have to do this, then we got to start talking about mood and behavior. Because if I don't understand how you think, I don't know how to build you a plan. And if you don't understand how you think, you might say it's 2 out of 10 when it's actually 8 out of 10 or vice versa. You might say, yeah, I'll do this and you'll comply for a couple of weeks and then something happens. And there's chemicals that drive, for example, ADR2B, your neuroadrenaline response, your ability to deal with trauma. And so when there's some people that when their doctor tells them Lipitor or cholesterol problem, they think about mom and dad who died from the same problem and they just can't get over it. They, they don't believe that they don't have a disease that it can be reversed because of the way they deal with pain and trauma. So you have to resolve that first before the disease. There's some people who are more reward-seeking and you know they just chase reward. And when the doctor says, do this, this, you'll get better, they'll overdo it. They'll way overdo it. And they may actually end up hurting themselves. You know, there, There's some people who have a high uh, sort of pleasure or dopamine response, and they'll only do it when they're in the right mood. They'll be completely erratic in their, their sort of compliance and there's good weeks and bad weeks. And you wonder why are they, you know, don't they care? They do, but on certain days. So if you understand this about yourself, before going out there trying to fix it, you know how you think so you can create the right structure so you actually do fix it. I love that you have that on your test because a really good practitioner that's seen thousands of people like myself, I can start talking to somebody and I'm like, okay, you're the one that's going to overdo it. <laughs> you're the one that's like, yeah, 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 I'm freaking out and I'm not going to do anything. And yeah. then you're the, you're the other person that like, I have to have a health coach probably that's working with yeah. you all the time because you fall off the wagon really quickly. Yes. But I would find myself explaining, this is how you're wired. This is, it's not a failing on your part because especially I know women internalize those things yeah. and it, it's a failing, like a moral failing, but it's really about how we're wired genetically and then how we interact with everything. Um, but be able to show people on paper now to be able to go, Hey, this, this is how you're wired. And I can show you on a lab value rather than just, hey, I can get this from having worked with tens of thousands of people over 18 years. This is what I see. It's so helpful because I think it takes the morality out of all of our choices and how we try and how we try and engage with change because we now understand that some of it is how we're wired. Yeah. And and it also takes the one size fits all out. Personalization is really a luxury to feel like this was made for me. Right, like this is this is my stuff, and this is the way you understand the way I think. Wow! So that personalized feeling, and then you just get much better outcomes. So, yeah, it, it it also drives that. Yeah, it definitely does. And so, I think you know, I think I obviously this is a, something I use with all of my clients and patients because it's it, it really is kind of the baseline. You got to know how you're wired, and then we got to know what's happening, and then what do we need to manipulate because this tells the foundation, and of course the level of stress or effort or things that may go on may fluctuate. But if you know how you're wired, you know how to change things in order to keep it going. So 
So tell me, if you were to give a last recommendation to people that are maybe on the fence about DNA testing and and why they should go forward, because you made a really good example, like, I don't want to find out, I carry the <laughs> What's the thing that can that you think that they really need to hear that this is the this is the thing that helps you move forward? What would you say? Well, I think the the very key thing, if I take myself as an example, it's the why. I didn't know why any of these things were happening, but I knew what I knew what my labels were, and I knew what pills I had to take, and I knew what scans I had to go for. Nobody could answer why. And as soon as I got to why, guess what? It's been um 42 now so it's been a good five years none of these things have happened to me at all right i used to literally a couple times a month be driven home and then miss a couple days of work depression couldn't get out of bed you know always taking pills and cream they're all gone and they're not like i just managed it they're gone i don't have these things anymore and they're gone for years so the key is if you understand the why Regard unless you have a genetic condition that you're born with, right? Like there's a gene switch turned on or off. If it's not that, if it's a chronic disease, if it's aging, if it's hormone issues, if it's skin, if it's headaches, if it's relationship problems, anything that happens later in life because of choices, none of it has to happen. Right? It does not have to happen. You need to understand why it happened. Then you deal with the why. That gets rid of the problem, right? If you're already ill, let's work on reversing it. If you don't want to get whatever mom or dad or grandpa had, and you want to hold on to that youthful age you had in your 20s, 25, whatever, and carry that forward, instead of waiting to watch your grandchildren play, play with them. Have that energy. There's no reason why you shouldn't. You see people, I just, <laughs> this afternoon, uh, sorry, a couple hours ago, got an email from Dr. Mercola, who is a brilliant man. He's in his 60s, deadlifting 400 pounds. Yeah. How many 60, I think he's like in his mid-60s. How many people even believe that that's possible for them, right? You take for granted that I'm supposed to age, that I'm supposed to get sick. I'm supposed to have chronic dishes. I, I don't know which one. I'm just waiting to see which condition I'm getting versus a guy that understands how the body works, what to supplement, how to eat, who is deadlifting 400 pounds, which I've never been able to do in my life in his mid sixties and does not have any health concerns, right? That's what's possible. That's what's possible. You just need to sort of, mind your body and understand what choices to make. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, I think if, if people have, even if they've done DNA testing before, again, you've done such a great job of explaining why, what they may have done through ancestry or 23 and me or some other, some other company may not be enough because most of them are just looking at SNPs, but they're not looking for edits, deletions and missing, missing pages. Right. So they're missing those extra pieces, which are, are going to be profound. If anything, they're much greater than a spelling error. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So you have a special that you wanted to offer to my listeners, I believe you want to share that. Right. So I think, uh, yeah, first first of all, we we value and respect everybody's time. The test is available on the website. Uh, just use this link that we're going to share with everybody and you'll be able to get a discount on it. And again, that's an exclusive discount through the show. So make sure you use the link. If you go directly to the website, you'll end up paying uh, retail. And when you get to checkout, you'll see that I think it's uh, 20%, I believe, was discounted from the test. And that's our gift to you. Yeah. We'll share that link with you. Yeah. And so thank you so much for spending time with us, Kashif. 
It's been it's been wonderful. I could spend hours talking to you, as you very well know. <laughs> so so thank you very much for spending time. And we'll probably have you on again as you do more and more research and get further and further in helping people uh, maximize their DNA for longevity and anti-aging. So. Oh, I'd love to anytime. Thank you so much for tuning into this functional life. You are why I'm here. And I am so very grateful. You're here for a reason. I celebrate your commitment to claiming your youthful energy and stepping into this next phase of life, feeling vibrant, healthy, and powerful. I am so proud of you. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD. And if you want a chance to share your story with our tribe or find out more about working with my team, you can sign up at chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. Again, that's chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye.